This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. New Year's resolutions, again, they're sort of a double edged sword. But with quitting drinking or anything else, I find that the hardest part is drawing a line in the sand, picking a start date that you don't continually say, oh, I'll start on Monday. Just begin. And anything that helps you begin is great with an area of your life you feel will improve you for the new year. Find some people who are doing the same thing and start small. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 571 with guest Casey Davidson McGuire. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Holiday season is upon us. And I have someone on today to talk about habits. More specifically, we do spend a decent time talking about quitting drinking. If that is your thing, even if you are a sober person, or maybe you're just thinking about quitting for January, this is going to be your episode or the episode that you send to somebody who's maybe been tossing it around you know, just maybe a little little concerned or maybe not concerned, just sober curious is the term that we're using these days, sober curious. Anyway, I'm going to tell you about Casey in just a minute. And I wanted to let you know that I have one opening right now for coaching. If anybody's looking for support, maybe you need to learn how to set some boundaries. Maybe you want to work on your mindset. 2024 is going to be your year. <laughs> maybe you need to get organized. Maybe you want more self-confidence. Head on over to andreaowen.com slash links. That's where all the links are. It's at the very, it's at one of the top ones to go to my coaching page and fill out an application. I also do Daring Way, specifically the curriculum where I'm certified in Brene Brown's work around shame resilience. It's steeper work. It is a longer, more intensive package, but that's also over on my website too. That's actually at andreaowen.com slash coaching. So I can take either one of those clients. I only have space for one lucky lady. And if that's you, head on over to andreaowen.com slash links or andreaowen.com slash coaching. All right, let me tell you today about our guest. Casey McGuire Davidson is a life and sobriety coach and the host of the Top 100 Mental Health podcast, The Hello Someday Podcast for Sober Curious Women. As an ex-red wine girl who spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while holding on tightly to her love of wine, Casey's passionate about helping busy women stop drinking and create the lives they love without alcohol. Her work has been featured in The New York Times, NBC News, and over 70 sobriety, motherhood, mental health, and wellness podcasts and publications. So without further ado, here is Casey. Casey, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to be here because I was telling my audience, I think it was in last week's episode, that I'm not the greatest at making sure I do like a new year, new you podcast episode. <laughs> Tackle your goals. I just bring on people that I'm interested in learning more about, and then I think my audience is going to be interested in learning more about. And it just happened to be that we've connected in the new year where you help people usually quit drinking. But I think, you know, as we talked about, we're going to use that as an example. So I don't want people to turn off the show if they don't struggle with their drinking or they're already sober. I think there's definitely going to be really good information in here for for everyone. So let's let's start from the beginning. And a lot of people in the new year, use that. And they legitimately feel like, okay, new, fresh start. And they feel inspired and motivated to get quote unquote healthier. 
especially after the holidays. Yeah. So, but it can be sort of a lofty and uh, too broad of a term, you know, very, very general. So can you talk about that a little bit? And what are some like more specific, I don't know if I should use the word resolutions, but I will, um, that people can can focus on to improve their health? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that all of us, you know, have been conditioned since we were little. We've talked about this on my show that there are all these thing, things that women need to do to improve themselves, right? Yeah. Like I know for a decade when I was younger, it was like get in shape, lose weight, grow my hair out, stop right. biting my nails because that's just me. And then for years, stop drinking or drink less, which was mm-hmm. the goal, get a handle on it. And it's tempting to do that. But I'm a big fan of the best practices in habit and behavior change. And I don't know if you know James Clear, but I love his book, Mm -hmm. Atomic Habits. And he really talks about the 1% improvement every day and focusing on a single thing and then incrementally adding other goals because we tend to go all in. We're like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to do whole 30. I'm going to do workout seven days a week and not eat XYZ. And it's too hard. Mm -hmm. So some of the thing, you know, the top New Year's resolution that people always make is like this year, I'm going to be healthier. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty general goal. It is way more effective to have a goal that's smart, right? Measurable, Mm -hmm. you know, where you can decide a time period. So For example, people make resolutions around starting a gratitude practice or focusing on better sleep, spending more time outdoors, increasing movement, or stopping drinking or taking a break. Dry January has actually become huge in the United States. Mm -hmm. One in five American adults did it last year. Wow. is a great time to see how good you feel without alcohol. Mm-hmm. The The most recent studies I've read is that 30% of American adults are trying to drink less this year. Wow. So That's it's a, a big thing. And the mm-hmm. cool thing is dry January is a trend. And if you stop that one thing, meaning cut out alcohol for 31 days, you will sleep better you Mm -hmm. will have more energy, your skin will look better, your face will be less bloated, all those things. So there are knock on effects from it. So what I would encourage people to do, say you're not interested in dry January, is to for your New Year's resolution, pick one thing. Yeah. And then as you sort of implement that into your routine, add more. I love that. One of the things that I look for when I'm working with a client you know, especially if it's a new client and they've filled out the intake paperwork and they, they, I ask, you know, like, what do you want your primary focus to be? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? And they have a long list of, of things, or sometimes we reach the end of the session and I ask them, you know, what do, what do you want to be held accountable for? And they'll say something like, you know, they're not working out at all. Like I want to work out five days a week. I stop them because, and it sort of sounds counterintuitive to what I do as a life coach, coach and as a, you know, the consummate hype girl, I'm all for big lofty goals. And at the same time, I also want to set you up for success. Mm -hmm. So we need to be realistic. And I also work with, and I'm sure you do too, a lot of really high achievers who are used to getting their value and worth from checking off those boxes and being productive and like doing all the things. And and that does not stop when it comes to our our resolutions and wanting to change our life. Oh, no. I mean, I work with, as you said, a lot of high achieving women and we're multitaskers Mm -hmm. and we're problem solvers and we want to go all in. We have a long list of things we want to accomplish. And the problem with that is that life happens. So Mm -hmm. you set all these goals and suddenly you have a business trip or your kids get sick or something else happens and you can't do everything. And therefore you're like, I've broken my streak. I'm going to give it all up. It's impossible. And so if you take things in smaller chunks, working on one behavior and then another behavior at a time, you are much more likely to be successful. 
What do you think are the best practices that can keep people going after the kind of like the honeymoon phase wears off of a resolution or a goal? Because I mean, I personally have had so many moments where I've been excited to start and then, oh, and I, I'm, I kind of blame my ADHD as part of it, but I think it happens to everyone, no matter how your brain works. So what advice do you have for, for those people? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll use the example of taking a break from drinking because that's what I do, mm-hmm. but it really applies to anything you're going to do. So stating your implementation intention is really powerful. And all that means is a fancy way of saying, telling someone what your specific goal is. And in a perfect world, you would tell lots of people, Mm -hmm. not only that, but stating how you are going to do it. So for example, when I stopped drinking, I was a red wine girl. I drank 365 nights a year, unless I was trying not to. So there was no one who was not going to notice that I had stopped drinking. You know, they might think I'm pregnant or something, but they weren't not going to notice. So I told my husband, my workout group, my coworkers, my friends that I was doing a hundred day challenge of no alcohol for a hundred days. Now that was specific. It was uh, widely known to hold me accountable. Now I tried that before and never made it more than four days. Mm-hmm. So when you add in, okay, there's motivation, there's willpower, those only last so long. There's telling people, so accountability. And then you have to look at your physical and your social environment. So one of the most powerful things is the environment you're in, whether you have a goal of meditating or running or getting better sleep or whatever it is. So you don't have to get rid of your family and friends who might not support you in taking a break from drinking or training for a marathon or something small like a gratitude practice. But it is incredibly helpful to supplement your world with people where the behavior you're trying to implement is the behavior that's celebrated. For example, if your goal was to start running, you probably would log on to some blogs, print out a training plan. Start That's my with favorite the, part. Yeah. Right. Like preparing. <laughs> yeah. I'm a vision board girl. So I like put up all the quotes to mm-hmm. keep it top of mind. That actually works because every morning or twice a day, you will be reminded of what your goal is. And it's harder for you to get off track. Physical environment, like with not drinking, try to get your alcohol of choice out of your house Try to, when you normally drink, get a substitute beverage, get something else. A big challenge too is like, we all have these cue craving response reward cycles. So a cue to drink or eat junk food or, you know, do whatever it is you want to shift, not meditate. It can be time of day. It can be a stress trigger. It can be Mm -hmm. driving a certain place. So you want to shift the cues and also implement a new reward. And eventually that reward is going to be the thing you change. Okay. Just to keep it new and fresh. Well, and also clearly what you've been doing has been working for you in some way, even if you want to change it. And you've gotten into a pattern where you have a cue and it could be anything in your environment that you are used to having a certain reward. So instead of- Oh, that kind of reward. I thought you meant like the celebration when you've done the thing that you wanted to do. No, it's actually way more important to have daily rewards. So in quitting drinking, I call them sober treats. Mm -hmm. But essentially, you know, it's really important to plan out your rewards that support your new objectives. So- Instead of going out for cocktails on Friday night, maybe you get a pedicure or a massage. Instead of going for a boozy dinner, maybe you have brunch and yoga with a girlfriend. You know, maybe you binge on a show or read books at night instead of having what I had, a bottle of wine on my couch with a TV show I may or may not remember. You can do that with anything you want to do. And 
it's a great way to change your habits, but it's much more powerful than just removing a behavior to actually get something in its place that is also enjoyable. Yes, that you still have that reward stuff going off in your brain, which is important. I'm curious, like, this is kind of switching gears a little bit, but but still on topic. In terms of like dry January specifically, because I remember the first time that a friend of mine, I called my friend who'd, who'd actually been in recovery for a long time. And I told her, I think I have a problem and I, I want to just, you know, look into this whole quitting drinking thing. <laughs> this myth that I hear about that people can do. And she said, well, just try to just quit for 30 days and and see what happens. And it was one of the most difficult things just mentally that I had ever done. So I'm curious when you take people along the journey of dry January, are there specific things you, cause it's not just about the quitting drinking and like, no. so is, are there specific things that you can share with us that kind of give us a peek behind the curtain with that program of, of that you ask people to look for as yeah. they're, as they're a few days in, or even just like the first day? Yeah. Well, I think one of the challenges with alcohol specifically is that it's become a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. If you look around for working women, for mothers, um, as sort of a metaphor for empowerment, you know, what you drink can signify that. And it's also addictive. People don't talk about that. The substance is actually addictive. So when you decide to take a period of time away from alcohol, you will go into withdrawal in the same way you do when you're smoking. So you feel worse than you before you feel better. And I think that with, I love a 30 day goal to start because for a lot of people, it is a bridge too far to -hmm. think about anything else. At the same time, I really prefer like with my clients and people are interested suggesting a hundred day goal, because in my mind, it's sort of the difference between taking a commuter flight. So you're going from like DC to New York, you don't bring a snack, you don't recline your chair, you're just waiting for it to be over versus, for example, flying cross country, where you sort of prepare for how you're going to enjoy it. Maybe you bring a book, you download a movie, all those things. So Basically, you have to settle in and figure out how to actually enjoy this new period of time in this behavior. So if you're, for example, taking a 30-day break from alcohol, you feel a little bit worse in the first two weeks. And then if you're just planning on a 30-day break, you're essentially counting down the time till you can drink again, right? Mm -hmm. So drinking is the reward for not drinking. It is much more powerful to approach this with curiosity and excitement and say, I wonder how good I might feel with getting this substance out of my body for a longer period of time. Mm. I wonder if I'll sleep better, if I'll have less anxiety, what new habits I might develop. The other thing you asked what to look for is I always ask women, what do you not have to think about when you drink? And It may be your job. It may be tension in your home. It may be difficulties with your kids and not knowing how to cope with them. That's sort of the underlying problems. And then you need to figure out a different way to address it and healthier coping mechanisms. It's not always easy, but it is better. Yes. Uh, There's so many, a a couple of those things that I did not do. When I did my 30 days, I did not enter it with excitement. I entered it as this feels like a punishment, but also as I often have like delusional confidence that I could do it. And I'm like, this isn't going to be that hard. I lasted six days. And I'm sure that you have, you know, like materials and things like that for people that, that don't make it, you know, for how to kind of like enter that with curiosity and kind of coach themselves, or maybe you coach them, but the way I talk about that, that the last part that you said is, you know, we, many times we use alcohol to quote unquote, take the edge off. And I wrote about this a long time ago, maybe in one of my books and said, like, sometimes we need to look at what the edge is yes. that, that we're trying to take off in the first place. Cause it's usually something that's just an inevitable part of life that yeah. we need to learn how to cope with Yeah, and also have compassion for yourself. Cause no one probably taught you how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to learn. And I think, Absolutely. I mean, it's a huge 
habit change. We are in the habit of drinking both as a way to take the edge off, but also it's it's a behavioral change. And there's so much mm-hmm. fear tied to like, will I lose all my friends? Will my oh, partner yeah. like me? Will I be boring? I actually thought that I would have um, negative career consequences from stopping drinking, which is when I look back insane, I would drink too much at a business dinner and like yeah. trip on my way back to the hotel. But I was worried if I didn't drink that my boss would be like, what's wrong with her? Yeah. Well, I, uh, yes, I want to touch on that. We have to take a quick ad break, but I want to say something to that when we come back. So we'll be right back. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? I mean, that's what this show is all about, right? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you can do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscribers sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Their courses are so convenient and have helped me learn real-life conversation skills in Spanish. It's so easy to learn how to order food. That's where I get the most excited to use it at Mexican restaurants or ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while on vacation, etc. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash noise. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash noise, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash noise. Rules and restrictions may apply. Bills and other things to pay for don't just come bi-weekly, and neither should your paycheck. The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earnin. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for unexpected doctor visits, vet bills, or even extra self-help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast when you sign up. It's really helpful to the show. Noise under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, you were talking about the uh, feeling like you were having negative consequences. I've actually coached a, a couple of women over the years who were in, for instance, a sales job where a lot of the culture in sales is around drinking, you know, to take their clients out for fancy dinners and and fancy drinks. And and so I, I, I say all that because it's a reasonable fear. And especially yeah. in a country that's obsessed with alcohol. Yeah. I think we're starting to be a little bit less obsessed with it thanks to this wave of um you know people not drinking either at all or as much anymore but I think it's a reasonable fear and I say all that for for people listening because I could not imagine my life without alcohol it felt like imagining trying to imagine my life decapitated or something like like just impossible impossible like how 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 would this even work how does one go on a boat or go camping or go to a pool party and not drink like it just mm-hmm. it it felt like learning a com- going to a different planet i was going to say learning another language like no 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 that felt easier it felt like going to another planet and living there so i think everyone's fear is reasonable if they think like i i can't imagine my life without alcohol Oh, it's completely legitimate. And there are a few things that I love that are shifting. Number one, the younger generations, so Gen Z and millennials, 
are really driving the sober curious movement. And it is significant. They are drinking less than their parents and their grandparents did at the same age. And I could I could do a whole conversation on why that is. I'm curious if you could touch on it, because that was my next question. Like, why do you think that that more and more people are interested in making the decision to either not drink or drink a lot less? A couple things. There has been so much more information that's come out just in the last six years about the negative health impacts of alcohol. Gen Z and millennials specifically are very concerned about mental health, and they're much more informed and open about it than we were. I'm Mm -hmm. a Gen Xer. Same. So the link to anxiety is real. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, I think with the advent of social media and videos and all that stuff, shockingly, they don't think binge drinking is that attractive. And I say Mm -hmm. that with sarcasm, right? Slurring, getting glassy eyed, they're very worried about their image and not because they're vain, because they've seen the impact of how they behave or how someone behaves actually having an, you know, a real impact on their life. Mm -hmm. And so they're very concerned about that. The third thing is they are much more concerned with careers and health and wellness. And I know that sounds funny, but I think the pressure on those younger generations is more than we experienced at Gen X or certainly yeah. baby boomers. So those are some of the factors. But the the reason I love that, other than there is no longer as much of a stigma of saying, oh, I don't drink that much, or mm-hmm. I'm curious about not drinking at all and sort of going back and forth with it, is it's really driven a significant change in the alcohol industry. Now, the alcohol industry hates the sober curious movement because one of the only growing segments of alcohol growth is non-alcoholic beverages. And you will notice that in that my favorite non-alcoholic beer athletic brewing company is a $4 billion business in four years. It's insane. They're not even one of the big ones. No. And so Guinness has a non-alcoholic stout Corona has a non-alcoholic. I haven't tried that yet. I'm almost afraid because Corona was my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so there, I was a red wine girl and I have tried non-alcoholic red wine a couple of times. First of all, it's (laughs) terrible, right? I've had a champagne that was just kind of okay, but it's trash. I'd rather have like the sparkling cider. What is it? Martinelli's? Yeah. Full of sugar. It's getting so delicious. It's getting better. <laughs> there are a lot of good options out there. Um, like Groovy has an incredible non-alcoholic. They call it a no secco and a bubbly rose. But if you go to restaurants and bars, they have zero-proof cocktail menus now. So those are things that I like. And the other thing I would say is in terms of telling people what you're doing, I always like to phrase it as a health and wellness choice, a lifestyle choice similar to deciding to be a vegetarian. Because if you say, oh, I've decided to take a break from drinking to ease, you know, see if I have left anxiety or sleep better or exercise more, you know, have more energy, everybody suddenly loves to talk about themselves. And like that one time that they ran a half marathon or Mm -hmm. did a triathlon or like, oh my God, I got a Peloton. Like their CrossFit gym. Yeah. (laughs) It's hysterical. The degree to which they will take that and talk about themselves. Oh, I'm one of those people too. Like completely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially, I mean, I'm not on my Peloton as much as I used to be, but yeah, I was a, I, since 2019. I was yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it. just looking around that things have shifted since you gave up alcohol in terms of the reaction to it? Massively. And it hasn't been that long. It's only no. been 12 years that I've been sober, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that long. But I think that I was at the, I got sober at the tail end of the era of the stigma still being kind of a big deal. I, I think it's, it's slightly different to if someone like me and I, and I, I think this conversation, it doesn't matter or not whether you identify as an alcoholic or not. I think it's great for people to to lessen their drinking. 
I, however, do identify as an addict and alcoholic. Like I make no argument that that I'm not, but I, so I do think it is still slightly different mm-hmm. to, to go in with that. You know, when people ask me about it, I, I still feel like, oh, this person's going to judge me. Like, and it has come back to bite me in the ass in a couple of instances where people have held it against me. And it's, it sucks that it, that it's still like that. But on the other hand, like, there are real consequences when you are an alcoholic, like an active alcoholic or an addict. So all that to say, yes, to answer the question, I, I think that the the pendulum has swung so far. And, and the thing that I say when people ask like why I don't drink, I don't get the question as much as I used to, but I make a joke and I say like, trust me, you don't want me drinking because if I get drunk, I'm going to end up trying to make out with your husband and you. And so <laughs> it's just going to be ugly and embarrassing. So, And that usually either makes them laugh or they have big eyes and they don't ask me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um, I kind of do the opposite. So I just say, yeah, I used to love drinking and I quit and I feel better. Like I identify as a person who no longer drinks in the same way I used to identify as a red wine girl. Like I used to be like, I'm a mom, I'm a director of marketing. I live in Seattle. I'm a red wine girl. I, you know, whatever it is. Mm. And so it's part of my identity now, but it's not all of my identity. I know it isn't for you either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when people ask me, I very much, you know, I say, yeah, I feel better without it. It was really hard for me to not drink. I don't think about it anymore. Yeah. And by the way, the substance is addictive. Mm-hmm. And anyone who drinks enough or for long enough or is in that social world will be go down the road of becoming, you know, emotionally, habitually or physically dependent on it. I'm curious about that with you. Did you, I didn't have any physical withdrawal symptoms. Did you? Just hangovers, you know, the same. No, 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 I know. Oh, okay. No, I didn't have a ton of physical withdrawal symptoms. I did note, I mean, I slept terribly, but I always slept terribly Mm -hmm. when I was drinking. I think I had my first good night of sleep on day 12. Um, It took me like a month to feel as happy as I now identify as my new baseline. I didn't realize the degree to which I had been more anxious and less happy than I could have been. And that's part of the substance. But, you know, like you said, then you have all the underneath stuff. And for me, it was anxiety. I didn't love my job and I felt a ton of pressure in it and didn't love my boss. And so, you know, a lot of that was boundaries. A lot of that was taking some time to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, the other thing I would say about, you know, we talked about habit change generally, anything you want to do, you can find a group. I think that a big shift has been Instagram and TikTok. You know, we always talk about the negative aspects of it, and those are totally real. I'm a big fan of curating your feed towards positivity Mm -hmm. and people you resonate with. Um, And at the same time, you can put in, you know, hashtag sober talk or hashtag alcohol free or find influencers or just people who really inspire you for all the benefits of whatever change you want to make. And that's a very easy way if with a New Year's resolution, like if you want to start meditating, fill your feed with people who have practices and celebrate that and reminders, or if you want to work out more, if you want to drink more water, I mean, you can find inspiration for anything. And the more it's front and center and celebrated, the more likely you are to continue. Yeah. What do you find is the most... Like, what are people's general takeaways at the end of dry January? Are there some patterns that you see? Oh, yeah. I think that obviously a lot of people go back to drinking. Oh, okay. Um, Hopefully they do it more mindfully. I mean, unless they come in with a specific goal of taking a longer break from alcohol, which I'm a huge advocate of. Once you stop drinking for a period of time, you can't unknow the difference you feel. Mm 
Mm-hmm. When you drink and and the Huberman podcast did a fantastic episode on this because he talked about alcohol in the mind and body, but specifically people who drink with ch- within the quote unquote recommended amount, which mm-hmm. is one drink a day for women or seven per week, two for men. He looked at that and talked about the fact that even I hate the recommended amount because other countries are are changing that to no amount of alcohol is recommended. Mm-hmm. We all do things all the time that isn't good for us and we have personal choice. And, you yeah. know, I, I completely support that, but um, it is not, you know, good for you or innocuous in any way. But, you know, the fact that even one glass of wine for women interrupts, like decreases your sleep quality by 24%. If you have two, it's 42%. Alcohol spikes your cortisol, which is your stress hormone. So you actually do, for real, feel less, more anxious when you drink. Dopamine Nation was a fantastic book by Dr. Anna Lemke. It takes 30 days for your dopamine, your happy hormone, and your serotonin, which does mood regulation, to even out because alcohol spikes your dopamine so high, it really suppresses your natural level of Uh both of those. So within 30 days, you will realize that you can have fun without drinking. You'll wake up feeling more refreshed sometimes than you have in years. You will realize that there are other things to do on Friday and Saturday Uh nights And even Saturday and Sunday mornings, because you aren't dragging, you will have more clarity, less brain fog. So even if you choose to go back to drinking and people are doing it, you know, there's also this mindful drinking movement. Every time you have a hangover, every time you don't, you know, have a headache, every time you said you were going to go hiking on your vacation in Hawaii and instead you had too many cocktails and didn't do it, you will know that it's because of the alcohol and that gives you really good information. I think some of those truths are so hard to actually admit. (laughs) But I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, I want to tell you an anecdote about my own anxiety and drinking. Be right back. I first gave AG1 a try because I was feeling low energy and sluggish and coffee just wasn't giving me what I needed. Especially in these winter months, I struggle with pep in my step. And since drinking AG1, I felt more energized and focused. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. Because aging is a part of life that we all have to deal with, but I don't think it should prevent me from doing the things I love, like going on long hikes with my dog. I want to do the things that matter to me for as long as possible, which is why I drink AG1 every morning to support my brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm laying the groundwork for long-term health. I know with AG1, I'm giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to have them as a longtime partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com noise. That's drinkag1.com noise. Check it out. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing, starting 
on day one. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash noise, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash noise to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash noise. Okay, so what I realized when I quit drinking was that well, and I and I didn't realize this until just a couple of years ago. So I was a late diagnosed ADHD, and what I learned from that, which I think a lot of my listeners learn, <laughs> uh, what I learned from that is that you know we're dopamine deficient, we're constantly chasing it. I think that's another reason that I I loved drinking so much. But I think one of the things was that my anxiety has lessened, but it wasn't necessarily, I don't know. I haven't really pieced it together that it that it was the drinking and and I'm sure that was had a lot to do with it. But getting sober forced me, and I use that word intentionally because I went kicking and screaming, Casey. I didn't want to learn how to have more healthy coping mechanisms. Drinking was so much easier. You know, like I'm using air quotes because like in the long run, it wasn't, but it was such an easy fix just to grab that, those beers or that bottle of wine, but to learn more healthy coping mechanisms, like having hard conversations, like making sure that I got enough exercise and did all those things that everybody tells us to do, you know, getting enough water, getting enough sleep, putting good foods into my body. And you know, breathing techniques and like all of that stuff helped my anxiety so much that now, even through perimenopause, which I know can spike people's, you know, women's anxiety, my anxiety levels are probably about 10% of what they used to be when I was in my 20s and 30s. Wow. And it, I, I attribute it to learning how to cope with life. And that 10%, because anxiety, it's how my brain is wired. So sometimes I'll just wake up with it and I'm like, well, it's an anxiety day. And like my body and brain are just anxious and I just have learned to ride the wave and it dissipates. It usually only will last for one one day and it's gone. But that's really what I attribute it to is being forced as when I quit drinking, being forced to learn more healthy coping mechanisms because I couldn't drink anymore. Yeah. I mean, I resonate with that so much, Andrea, because I also went kicking and screaming. I had thought about it and worried about it, my drinking for years. I mean, mm-hmm. I when my son was six months old, I read a book and was like, oh, damn, I may have an issue with alcohol. And I stopped for the first time when he was five years old and the second time when he was eight years old. So th- this was not something I wanted to do. It literally was the worst case scenario of my life. <laughs> Last ditch effort. Right? <laughs> Nothing else yeah. was working. And I agree with you in terms of forcing you to find other ways to deal with. I was an anxiety person too. Mm -hmm. I had to go to therapy. I started working out just to get that anxious energy out of my body. Um, I, full disclosure, took anti-anxiety meds. Mm -hmm. I had taken them before, but when you're drinking, you know, they always tell you not to drink, but I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just trying to cover, (laughs) cover Mm -hmm. themselves. No, Mm -hmm. actually it works better. So all of that stuff. The other thing I would say is I had to put down boundaries and do less and protect my time, which is hard to do if you're a high achieving multitasker. But a lot of women who have too much on their plate, you know, we go, 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 go. And then we get home and we're like, all right, I have two hours to relax. And we try, like we use alcohol to downshift really fast And you can also multitask when you're drinking, right? Once you have kids and you work, you almost have no time till you go to bed. So you're like, well, I can drink while playing Candyland or Legos. And you you have to get it out of your body until you can see the impact. And I've heard that about meditation and all the different things you can do to improve your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've tried to be like, okay, I'm going to work out and meditate and cut back on processed foods. And I never do it. So for my New Year's resolution, I'm going to keep it simple. Like 
I'm going to start drinking X amount of water a day, or I'm going to do breath work every day for four minutes. I mean, Mm -hmm. and then build Mm -hmm. on that. Yeah. I want to say this too, for anybody, and this goes beyond drinking. This isn't just drinking. I think, you know, when you're talking about all those things that we're supposed to do that are sometimes feel kind of high level, like the regular meditation, you know, for, for me now it's stretching has to also be in there Mm -hmm. because I have a 48 year old body that, and I don't even like, I just go on walks. Like sometimes I lift weights. I'm actually in a moment where I'm not lifting weights, but I tell people, I tell my clients this all the time, like the people that you see online who are at least they seem, and I believe a lot of these people, like they seem like they're killing it with their goals, especially their fitness and nutrition and kind of like self-care goals. They do that for a living. So they eat and live and breathe it sort of like me and personal development. Like it seems like I have it all dialed in. I mostly do because I, it's literally my career. So I, I have the luxury of being around it all the time. And it's the same with these people who are, you know, influencers or, or whatever. So I, the reason that I say that is because like, go easy on yourself. Yeah. I personally, when it comes to fitness and eating well and all that stuff, I go through seasons. I do really well for a while, sometimes months and months, and then it slowly starts to dissipate. And then I usually get kicked in the face because, you know, metaphorically, of course, <laughs> but like I, you know, I got my Hashimoto's diagnosis a couple of years ago. I, so I, I, I had to like change some things about the way I worked out and the way that I ate. And I did, and I felt so much better for a long time. And then the peanut M&Ms crept back in. And I and I found myself like a, several days in a row going, why does my body hurt so much? Like it should I shouldn't be hurting this much. And it was the same physical symptoms I had before. And I'm like, oh, I'm having a flare up. Like that's what this is. And so then I'm kind of you sometimes you have to accept that you will ebb and flow. And it doesn't make you a bad person or like that you have terrible willpower or that you're a failure. It's just how it, it the, as soon as I accepted that that it was just seasons. And sometimes it's, I'm going to pay a consequence that's going to bring me back to the the quote, you know, the healthy habit. I'm so much nicer to myself and my life is so much better. (laughs) I'm like not as hard on myself. Yeah. I like that so much better. Okay. I love so many things you said. First of all, I'm 48 too. And I don't quite know what that, how that happened, but it, (laughs) your body, there are physical issues, right? That you, you don't realize, like I used to go running without a second thought. And now I've got like a detached hip labrum tear. I mean, it's horrible. I can't run anymore. I tried just the other day. My knee, my right knee was like, "Mm, absolutely not. (laughs) And I completely agree with you about the online influencers. Like that is their entire job. And a lot of times they have people who are supporting them yeah, in teams. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sponsors teams supporting them in yeah. being the way they are. And, you know, totally respect that, but it is not attainable for everyone. And there are seasons, but what I love about you, what you said as well about your eating with the way you feel, I love peanut M&Ms. That's that and white chocolate are my go-tos when I'm like, I need a sugar hit. Yeah. And I somehow convince myself that like peanut M&Ms, you get a little protein too. So like definitely. Fat protein, yeah. You know, because you've done that, like with anything, you know how you feel. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. realize that it's not that this is you and you will always feel this way and it's something you need to live with, or that you need to like use an unhealthy coping mechanism to just numb out, you're like, oh, I know that when I did that, I felt better and I know how to do it. So either way, it's helping you. And it's listening to your body, which I think, or your intuition, you know, which which actually got me sober. It was the listening to my intuition and listening to my body now is a lot easier. And I think it just comes from like some wisdom being in your late forties. Well, thank you so much for being here. We, we need to wrap up and I just want to ask you before we go, is there anything that you want to circle back to or add on to um, so you can feel complete? Yeah. The only thing I would say is with any new year's resolution and I don't, 
you know, New Year's resolutions, again, they're sort of a double-edged sword. But with quitting drinking or anything else, I find that the hardest part is drawing a line in the sand, Mm -hmm. picking a start date that you don't continually say, oh, I'll start on Monday or, oh, but I have this wedding or this trip coming up. So I'll just start after that. So just begin and anything that helps you begin is great with an area of your life you feel will improve you for the new year. And then just find some people who are doing the same thing and start small. Okay, thank you. And so where, I know you have a dry January starting soon for people who are listening to this, at least, you know, the week that it comes out. So, And where can people learn more about that and more about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. My website is hellosomedaycoaching.com. I have a completely free guide to your first month alcohol-free. And I have a course called the Sobriety Starter Kit. But, you know, the guide is a great place to start. And I also have a podcast that Andrea has been on. I have been a guest on. Yeah, it's I have almost 200 episodes. And it's about more than just quitting drinking. We've had episodes on perfectionism and imposter syndrome and anxiety and actually ADHD because there's a big link to using alcohol. And it. I think people who have ADHD are five times more likely to struggle with addiction, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. But Andrea was on and we were talking about speaking your own mind and owning your own strength in the society and culture we live in. So yeah, find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much. And listeners, you know how grateful I am that you choose to spend your time with me and my guests. So thank you again for that. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, did you know there's free secret podcast episodes waiting for you that are not part of my regular podcast feed? Yes. AndreaOwen.com slash free. And you just sign up. You get a link sent to you. It's very secret. It's like a secret club. We don't have a secret handshake. Don't worry about that. But it's these motivating podcast episodes that I made for you. They're under 20 minutes each. There's three of them. They're for wherever you are in your life. So head on over there and grab them. They range from really supporting you and seeing you where you are and being compassionate all the way to giving you a giant kick in your ass and telling you how amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal you are. So andreaowen.com slash free and get your hands on that free podcast feed. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.